Hey, this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. I think we sometimes think of personal finance as a very technical topic, but I find it to be really highly emotional, like from the the guilt caused by our past mistakes to trauma and hangups that have been caused by experiences with our family and friends. I think money really goes way beyond the numbers. It's it's not just an Excel spreadsheet. And so to help me talk about this, I have the one and only Paco De Leon, founder of the Hell Yeah Group and author of the upcoming book, Finance for the People, joining me here today. So Paco, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Your voice is so soothing. I, I feel like <laughs> we should be playing like smooth R&B hits and not talking about finance. Maybe that could be our side project. I'll, I'll rope you into that. All right, let me know. If we get a musician on standby, maybe we can get something, <laughs> some background music for these podcasts going. <laughs> love it, love it. I read that you were working as a debt collector for a bank in Brea, which stood out to me being from Southern California. I was like, I immediately know that city. I used to live not too far from there. You wrote, I was raised to believe that people only confronted the details of their financial transgressions and misfortunes in dark, shameful solitude, not through casual openness with strangers. Why do you think we all pretty much have the same shame around money? I think that the shame is a few layers deep from what the cause is, really. Everyone is going to have all of their different reasons for shame. I think when it comes to shame and guilt, oftentimes it's because we have acted in a way that is outside of what our expectations for our behavior was. So like for me, not being able to do well at a tra- like within traditional employment, I always felt shame and guilt about that. Mm. But then I realized a traditional employment structure just doesn't work for my personality and my work style and how my energy flows. I think the real root with money is this very common theme that all of us have internalized that we shouldn't talk about money. And so I think when when there's not this openness to talk about money with our parents, with our grandparents, with our cousins, aunts and uncles with our coworkers even, which to me is the gnarliest thing of all because you're literally at work to get money, but you are all like doing this weird thing where you don't talk about it. It's very bizarre. That is such a deep rooted seed. And from that seed, so many different, you know, kinds of plants grow in terms of shame and guilt and why we don't address our finances. So that's my take on that, on that kernel. You know, I love that point you said where we kind of set these expectations for ourselves and then when we don't meet them, then we feel like a failure. You're like, oh, you've, I've let myself down. I feel like this happened to me so many times where I'm like, I, I, no one's even said anything to me. Like no one said, oh, Chris, if you don't do this, you, you're a horrible person. You're failing. But somehow I set this own goalposts in my mind of, well, you need to do this and you need to do that because you saw this online and you saw read this article and you're not doing that. And now I'm just all you know upset because I'm not where I think I should be for some reason. Yeah, there's all these little tiny narratives that sometimes we don't they don't feel like they're conscious, right? Your parents mm-hmm. don't sit you down and say, like, if you don't get a finance degree or something that's very like practical, we're not gonna love you. They don't say <laughs> those words, and it's not true. It's just absolutely not true. But when you're younger, you make these very simple jumps in logic, right? Where it's like mm. your dad, like for me, my dad was always like, go to college, go to college, like go to college, don't get married. You have to go to college first. And so that in my mind morphed to like, well, I better be like a serious person in society because that's what my dad expects of me. But really what I think he was saying was like, you don't need no man to you know, depend on, <laughs> by, you know what I mean? I think his message was actually super feminist 
But for me, I was like, oh, I should probably like be like a very serious person with a finance degree. So mm. until we take the time to kind of sit and look at why we're reacting in this way, why we're being emotional, why we feel the shame and guilt, we'll just continue to loop those narratives in our head. I don't know if I've talked about it here on this podcast yet, but I've done, you know, in different interviews I've done, I've talked about how I've uh, gone started going to therapy. Maybe it's been, I don't know, six months, a year. I don't know how long it's been now because uh, time has no meaning anymore. But one of the things that was really great about it was you start to acknowledge the things you kind of say to yourself that yeah. become like this, this ball of anxiety and stress that once you acknowledge it, you're like, oh, that wasn't really even that big of a deal. It's kind of stressed out about nothing, but it seemed yeah. like the end of the world. So now like if someone's like, okay, I think I'm blowing some stuff up in my head, making it a bigger deal than it really is. And it's, I, but I need to try to address it. How have you gone about addressing some of these things, especially like in the, the money guilt we all feel, how have you gone about addressing some of these to kind of move past it or at least start to kind of deal with these issues? I think there's so many ways that you can attack it. You have to find what works for you. The greatest lesson that my therapist taught me was it's okay to feel your feelings. It doesn't encourage us to feel our feelings. It really doesn't. It's like all the commercials for us to buy stuff, the underlying message is you need this and you'll feel better or you'll belong to this group and you'll feel better. And I really believe that we're entering this new phase of consciousness where a lot of people are talking about feeling your negative feelings and going to therapy. And it's not because you're broken or messed up. It's because we're just looking inside of us and seeing, hey, what what's going on in there? Who am I? And how can I navigate my life experience in a way that just feels healthy and good? And sometimes to get there, though, you have to feel bad and you have to sit with that and address those things. And until we integrate that aspect of us, I think we'll always be chasing this idea of I shouldn't feel that way. And then once again, to bring it full circle, that's where the the shame and the guilt come in. And it's okay to feel bad, you know, and, and we have people to help us. So therapy was really great journaling, which I asked the reader to do in the book. And I have a lot of prompts that helped me a lot. Vigorous exercise regularly. Sleeping eight hours a day is really, really, really underrated. Drinking enough water helps a lot. If you hit a lot of those baseline things, then you'll be able to be set up so that you can do some of this emotional and mental heavy lifting. It's one of those things where everything is so interconnected. Like finance is, yeah, it's you're dealing with numbers and money and bank accounts and all this stuff, but that directly impacts and intertwines with so much of your day-to-day life with how you feel, how you're dealing with stress, how productive you're going to be at work. All those things kind of play into money and how it kind of touches these different areas that we don't really acknowledge or, or kind of try to push it away. So that's a money issue. That's not a, that's not a stress issue. That's not the reason why maybe I'm spending more than I should. And I know I shouldn't, but I can't really figure out why I keep doing this and falling into those same traps or why I say I want to save or I want to, you know, get ready for retirement, but I can't because I don't know there's something that always comes up every time I try to start working towards those things. You know, Paco, I really could keep talking to you about this. I wish my show was a little bit longer so I could dive into some more stuff uh, in your book. But if people want to grab a copy of Finance for the People or if they want to just connect with you and learn more about what you're doing, where should they go? You can go to the hellyeahgroup.com. Every Wednesday, I put out a weekly email newsletter called The Nerd Letter. And uh, that's how we can stay in touch. 
All right, perfect. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes so that way people can easily go find it. And Paco, it was great having you on. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for joining me here on the podcast. If you enjoyed today's topic and you want to hear me talk about maybe something you're interested in, you can send me a voicemail by calling me at 707-200-8259. Or as always, you can reach out to me on Instagram just by going to at Popcorn Finance Podcast. And lastly, you can send me an email to questions at popcornfinance.com. And last but not least, this week's kernel is going out to at Tani Kamikaze on TikTok. I hope I'm pronouncing your user handle correctly, but I'm just going to call you Tani for short. Tani put together a great little review slash commentary on an episode I did recently, the one about how much millennials are spending on first dates. So, Tani, thank you so much for the, the shout out and for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate the support. As always, I appreciate you joining me here for another bag of popcorn. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.